time you've seen the flights, right? Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Just for <poured> them. <laughs> awesome. It was mad. So welcome to episode 43 of Stories from a Bar. I, of course, am your host, Chris Osborne. And for this episode, I'm hanging out with more people than I originally thought here at Mixed Breed Brewing. So I only have Guy Busey's name down. <laughs> Josh, what was your last Josh name? Josh Matat. Josh Matat and... Matt Mead. Matt Mead. But easy, it's like a superhero name, Matt Mead. <laughs> yes. Easy to remember. Yes. I like it. I like this guy. Yes. Brand spanking new brewery, mixed breed brewing right here in Gilderland. I appreciate you guys taking the time to hang out. Yeah. This there is awesome. This is uh, right off the bat. I'm ex- first off, I have to ask, what's it like being related to Gary Busey? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Okay, that's, that's what I figured. <laughs> I ask that because like, every time I tell someone my name, I always get fifty. There's sixty forty chance. Are you related to Ozzy? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, I probably wouldn't be here if I was. Yeah. I'd be out on the West Coast doing something, trying to do something music related, or yes, right, <laughs> getting paid for as little as possible. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks, guys, for hanging out. We've got a smattering of beers here I'm looking forward to trying and talking about. And a lot of stuff, a lot of great things to talk about. First off, I'm super excited. Like I said, first on-location episode I've done since November. Oh, nice. So I'm half vaccinated. I'm looking forward to getting my second shot. <laughs> but you guys are not open to the public yet, so I'm not worried about crowds. Yes, this exactly. Is the, this is the kind of special VIP treatment I feel like I need everywhere I go. This is fantastic. <laughs> Why don't we start with the uh, first sample here and talk about what we have going? I say, you want to start with the cream ale? Yeah, 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 definitely start with the cream ale. So we've got a cream ale stout and then two IPAs. One's a New England IPA and one's our double IPA, uh, Boomski that we call it. But our, our cream ale is pretty funny. Uh, my brewing background comes from more English styles 15 years ago, where Belgian style beers, English style beers were kind of the craft beer, dogfish. You know, those were kind of like the only like real breweries up and coming during that time. And uh, a friend of ours asked us to make a cream ale. And that's literally what I did one night. Is just kind of came up with a concoction for a recipe, etc. And created a cream ale. Everybody, like all our craft beer fans were like, what the heck are you guys making a cream ale for? Isn't that like a Jenny cream ale or something crazy? And we were like, we made it and everybody has loved it ever since. So it's kind of, we consider it kind of like our entry level into craft beer. So if you're not really into craft beer or you don't know too much about it, but you drink Bud Light and all those type of things. Here's like one to kind of like start you into the craft beer side of things. Yeah, that's quite good. And like I mentioned, as you were pouring it, I'm like, there's not a lot of cream ales around. Yeah. I know uh, Real McCoy has a good one. Outside of that, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I probably have like 2,000 different beers on untapped plug in. Yep. And I probably have three cream ales. You know, it's... It's not, a, it's not a very deep. No, but, and it's funny because people get excited when they see one, from what I've heard. Yeah. At least talking to the guys at Real McCoy, like, people can't believe we have a cream ale. And yeah. It goes quick. Yeah, and it's cool for us. Like, we've done a bunch of different things with it. So, this is kind of everything we brewed to this point is our baseline for, for starting off. So, if you come to the grand opening or at the grand opening, or you come through and you get our to go cans for our first round. This is basically our baseline for everything. So we've obviously moved from our one BBL system to our five BBL system. So we're scaling all of our beers up to get to that size and you know, figuring out our water profiles at the new location, those type of things. So it's, it's a really good understanding of where we're gonna go from here. But our cream ale is really cool. We mix it with fruits. We mix it with all different types of things. 
uh, we want to like dry hop it here soon and, and do some like really cool things. With it. So it'll be, it'll be neat. Nice. This is actually the first time I've been in a brewery since it's before one's opened. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this, I, I'm going to try to, I will of course try to coincide this with the grand opening, which is the 16th or 17th. 17th. So next yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Literally a week from today. How excited are you guys for that? Good. Excited, anxious, nervous, exhausted. <laughs> I think, I think we hit like every feeling you can, you can possibly imagine right now. It's been, it's been a heck of a lot of work to get to this point. I mean, we've been planning and doing this for literally a year. I mean, Opening a brewery is very interesting. So you have to get your brewer's license, your microbrewer's license. It's not like opening a bar where you get a liquor license, but you can get a temporary license while you're submitting and going through the paperwork to get your liquor license. So ultimately, you can open your bar start serving to the public. With a brewery, it is totally cart before the horse. So you have to find a location, demo like we did at this location, put an ungodly you know effort of our time and energy along with the financial aspect of it and put everything in place and then basically send it over and say, please give us a microbrewery license and, and hope that it happens. Right. And while all that's happening, we can't sell anything. We can't brew anything. We can't do anything. So you're, oh, you're really going through for a year, putting all this time and energy into something, hoping that it comes to fruition. So yeah. once, once that finally did kick in, once we got our, our license, that's up on the wall our our big award that's up on the wall, we almost say it's a, uh, it's, it's nice and relieving, but at the same time, the support has been unbelievable with the community and uh, the turnout for the grand opening is unbelievable. So we want to make sure we've got a really, really good product to go behind that. Have you guys been hearing a lot from other local breweries and stuff like that? You just about like our uh, opening yeah, or just congr- uh, congratulations. Oh, yeah. And, I, yeah. I'll, everybody's, I'll, everybody's really cool. That's yeah. one, that's the whole one community thing. is awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's one thing I learned almost as soon as I started doing the podcast. Everyone starts to know each other. Everyone wants to work with each other. And it's all just a super cool. Yeah, I mean, we've we did a like a brewery tour. We went up to like Lake George and worked our way back down. And every single brewery walked into it like, let us know if you guys need anything. You know, when you first open up, you're always forgetting something or missing that. They're like, don't hesitate to reach out. Like, we love helping each other out. It was just like, wow, this is really cool. How'd you guys start getting into brewing beer then and getting interested in craft beer? I believe what you from the military, right? Yeah, I started brewing when I got back from Iraq my first time. I lived in a townhouse in downtown Albany. The basement was like 65 degrees all year long, so it had just like perfect fermentation temperatures. And that's what that's what really got me into it. thought it would be cool or exciting to brew my own beer and do that and did the five-gallon pot on the stove and ice baths in the bathtub and then <laughs> chucked it into a plastic bucket in the, in the basement. about Matt and Josh? Yeah, I started, I brewed, um, you know, probably 2004, 2005, just coming out of college. When I just got, you know, got into the workforce, I had a lot of free time on my hands, I had no kids, wasn't married, so it was a similar thing. I had a lobster pot, I was boiling on the stove, you know, I mean, it was, a lot of it was the extract and malt, and it was the go through the whole thing, boil it in the cheesecloth, the whole nine yards. I think the last brew I did, my son will be 13 this October. The last brew I did was a week before he was born. Wow. And then it was just shut down for (laughs) the last, like, 11 years. And then, you know, I ran into these guys um, through sports and, you know, kids or friends in the neighborhood together. And, you know, a guy had a sweet system in his basement that we put together and we just started brewing again. And, you know, I just think his personality, you know, day one, it looked awesome. 
few months later, we're already upgrading the equipment in the basement. And a few months after that, we're ordering this stuff behind <laughs> us. And, you know, here we are. So That's funny. I kind of got into podcasting the same way because my friend had one and then his wife had a baby. So he didn't have time. So I started <laughs> helping him with all his social media stuff. <laughs> And then I'm like, I'm just going to do something on my own. You're <laughs> at that point. Yeah. What about you? Uh, so I'm primarily on the consumption side of things. Oh, ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So Origi- am I. Originally from the West Coast, Pacific Northwest. So like, oh, uh, right. I grew up around like the craft beer industry and stuff. Uh, you know, we used to do like, you know, keggers with like Weizen and full sale ale and stuff like that, you know, back like in the 90s and stuff. So that's kind of like what I was used to. And then, you know, I joined the military as well, and I moved out to the West Coast and in the Carolinas, and there was just a dearth of good beer. There's nothing out there, at least where I was stationed. So I was, you know, kind of homesick for it. I look forward to it every time I went back, you know, you know, on leave and stuff like that. Um, and then I run into these guys when I re- relocate in New York and, you know, find out I'm not the only one who I think has good taste in beer. And, uh, you know, without being like, you know, too snobby about it and stuff, but, uh, you know, you drink enough, uh, you, you experience enough, and, and you kind of figure out what uh, what's hype and what's really good and what's artful, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, basically, you know, hooking up with this guy and his uh, laboratory experiment in his basement that puts, uh, you know, most startup breweries to shame. Um, <laughs> it, it was a strong proof of concept and uh, kind of just blew us away. And we're like, okay, we are, we are all in from the get-go. How'd you, uh, how'd you end up oil first? Where in Carolinas were you? I was stationed in Fort Bragg, so that's Fayetteville. That's like smack dab in the middle of the state. All right. I lived in South Carolina for oh, okay, like five nice. years. Yeah. I'm from here. and lives down there from like 15 to 20, and then came back up here. Got it. And I've been back up here ever since. Got it. Well, I miss it. I miss mm-hmm. Carolina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's great things about it. Yeah. In fact, sure. uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Albany Pump Station. Yep. C.H. Evans, the brewer from there, moved to South Carolina as brewing low tide brewing in charleston i think oh really yeah yeah charleston's nice yeah Yeah. unfortunately i was not in charleston i was not in raleigh i was not in (laughs) wilmington i was not in any any place that had a decent scene going on (laughs) but that's interesting i didn't realize you were from the west coast what's Mm -hmm. it like bringing west coast experience to the east coast and working with these guys is there a real did was there like influences you weren't aware of that he brought or vice versa i'll tell you it's pretty it's pretty funny because usually i'm from the west coast too i was raised raised in southern california but i noticed when i came back to new york the first time the west coast kind of has a really big influence on the east coast and i noticed a lot of things would start or start trending on the west coast you know a year or two before and then they'd finally trickle or make their way to the east coast oh wow but it's actually, I think, kind of different as far as brewing goes. Like, yes, you know, the, the craft scene kind of blew up out there. But I think there's a lot of new flavors and new types of beer that are coming from this side that are actually influencing and moving their way to the West Coast. Totally. So it's a, it's a bit of a reverse or a bit of a flip. Obviously, you know, the juicy, hazy New England IPAs, all that type of stuff that everybody talks about, you know, they're starting to push and migrate their way West Coast. Yeah. So it's pretty neat to see that happen. Interesting. How'd you guys end up settling on your location here in Gilderland? Yeah. Um, it had a really good price. Yes. That's the honest answer. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Here's what we could afford. Yeah. And, and, you know, we had everything else in place, knew exactly what we wanted to do. Location was the last thing. And when I say location, we wanted to do something in Gilderland. So Gilderland was first and foremost, yeah. had to have it, like wanted to do it. There's not, you know, there isn't a brewery really in this area. You know, we didn't have a lot of watering holes for us to go to. 
So, you know, that's kind of one of our motivations was to do this because, like, you know, we wanted to have a brewery in our hometown. So it was really finding a location in Gilderland that we could, number one, afford and that would fit to what we wanted to do. And this just made itself available. <laughs> and like I mentioned before we started, I forgot you set up shop just right down from I&I Tattoo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which I've had Chad on the podcast before he opened this one. Super cool guy. He did the one on my arm. But I have a feeling a lot of long-term bad decisions are going to be made here (laughs) being that close to the tattoo shop yeah you can get your hair done at ink and ivy come here grab a beer and then go get a tattoo at i and i i think it depends on the order in which (laughs) you do these things well i i suspect those decisions would start here (laughs) well maybe the salon who knows (laughs) one of the articles i came across as i was looking into the podcast talked about how you guys were trying to streamline stuff as much as possible obviously you have day jobs this isn't full time for you all of you guys yet right no, we all have full-time other jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So what kind of like automation or streamlining have you been able to incorporate? I, th- I laughed when I saw there was something you could possibly even do from like your smartphone or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, one of, the, one of the nice things we did, and honestly, we all come from different industries and backgrounds and stuff like that, but we all have a ton of business experience, which I think allowed us to make some very educated decisions. We weren't scraping every penny we could get together and, you know, trying to pinch every penny we possibly could and maybe being like, you know, penny wise, dollar foolish. We invested in the areas that we knew would take some time off of our hands. Uh, you know, for instance, the, the automation aspect that you talk about, the electronic controls and the control panels for it. So the one that we have, we can, I can literally control it from my phone wherever I am. So awesome. Yeah. If, you know, we want to brew in the evening one day or something like that, or like, you know, we did yesterday where we know we want to start brewing at 6 a.m., but you got to heat up the hot water and you got to get the hot liquor tank going and all those things. I can set my alarm for four o'clock in the morning at my house, wake up, hit the button, turn the power <laughs> on to it, get it heating up while I, you know, catch another hour worth of sleep and don't have to worry about scrambling getting in here to get something going because we fired it up from home, which really helps out. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that wish they could do that with their jobs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Automate something and just take go from bed and go back to bed for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and the big thing with us is we knew we we're not going to have, you know, a ton of time. This isn't a full-time gig. We don't, you know, we don't have the pleasure of being able to be here, you know, the nine to five type of thing or all day, every day in order to get it done. So we didn't want that burden to distract or to take away from the quality of the beer. So yeah. putting that automation in there makes our brew day a lot easier because we have to focus on the beer. We don't have a ton of time to take care of other things that would take more time in, the, in those aspects. And, and we didn't want that to kind of distract us from the beer. And we want to make sure we're focused on good quality beer. Absolutely. As I finish up my delicious cream ale here. <laughs> We'll swing to the other side. So we went from our, our lightest offering so far, our cream ale, to our, our darkest offering, which is our Imperial Stout. Yeah. Tell me about the, your Imperial Stout here. Does that uh, that look nice and thick and oily as you were pouring <laughs> yes, it? Yeah. yeah, so it's an Imperial Milk Stout. Um, it's got all the, the normal flavors and profiles and all those things. Um, not super light, but also not a soup either. We're kind of right somewhere in the middle. Good aroma, good flavor, crushable. There's not many crushable Imperial Stouts, <laughs> but you're going to find this is pretty crushable. Wow, yeah, this is nice yeah. and smooth. Yeah. yeah. That's tasty. And I'm not even a big stout guy, and that's tasty. Yeah. <laughs> I just noticed the pictures of the construction you have going on on the screen up behind you. I'm like, holy cow. That's, that's, yeah, so, you know, 
we're smart enough. I've missed it so many times doing things in life where like, I was like, dang, I wish I would have taken photos and made sure this time around, like when we could snapshots, we snapshots and we'll have that up and running for the grand opening because everybody walks in now and sees like, you know, oh, yeah. we think it's a pretty nice place. I mean, it took a lot it was three of places. blood, sweat and tears. Was, I was just going to say, well, what kind of shape was units. this place in when you got it? So it was three places you turned into this one Correct. large yep. tap room and brewery. Yep. And you mentioned you moved, even moved the cooler over so you could see all the brewed stuff from the bar, which is yep. cool. One thing I uh, I immediately assumed, and I'm, I'm of course I suspect most people will, but I the name came from a dog. But after I was reading the articles, you talked about it really coming from like your a mix of your military experience and inspired by mixed breed, right? Yeah. So you know the the dog is one of our you know, my dog Ben. Or it's, you know, it's, is that, is that a picture or like an art picture of his actual? It, I mean, he looks exactly. Oh, like okay. It's a likeness of him. Yeah, was, likeness. I mean, yeah, the, the likeness is is there. So that dog always the yeah, so our Benny Brown <laughs> is named after Benny, which does that. Nice. Um, he's obviously a mixed breed, so he's mixed pit bull, mastiff, mixed. Oh, he's got to be huge. Yeah, he's about 85 pounds now. <laughs> he's, he's a cool dude. He's a gentle giant. I, I have a small beagle Australian shepherd mix who I think clocks in at like 29 pounds. So. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But, uh, but yeah, so between that and then obviously, you know, I like having portions of the military experience in there. But at the same time, like you'll never hear us screaming from the rooftop. I don't know. Maybe we should. You know, it's not it's not a bad thing. But obviously, we're veteran owned. Uh, you know, we've been to Iraq and been in combat and all those type of things. And I like being able to have little pieces of that, like in my yeah. in my day to day life, without you know just being screaming veteran craziness stuff. So thanks for your service too, by the way, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I was never in the military. My brother's retired Air Force. I have some friends that are retired who did their four or six years. I lost track. I technically work for the Navy as a government contractor, so... Oh, cool. Yeah. GS? What was that? Are you on the GS side, or...? Uh, so, have you heard of a place called Knowles Atomic Power Laboratory? Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Run by the Department of Energy. Got it. Yeah. Uh, there for t- nuclear energy type stuff for the cool. submarines. So, that's where I work. Fun stuff. <laughs> so, it's, it's always funny interacting with sailors, because they'll be on site every once in a while. Uh, sometimes they'll, and I work next to the person that sells all the ship coins. So I get all these cool ass coins that the crews right, create, right. or at least coins. the first, yeah, yeah, at least my first chance to buy them. And then sometimes they'll deliver them in person and they'll be like, well, what's a great place to stop for a burger and a beer? And the guy asked me, I'm like, you're going to have to be more specific. Like, I, <laughs> I don't, like, I don't know where they're coming from. I don't know where they'll be. Just name a town. I'll give you a place of this. Right. right. <laughs> It was so. Was it your time traveling in the service, and you just started visiting different types of bars and breweries that kind of piqued your interest? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, can't be in the military and not like to not like to drink beer. They kind of they kind of go. They kind of. <laughs> I've go gotten that impression. Yes, right. So, uh, so there's a lot of that, and then I don't know. We just you know trying new things. I've always been like really big into hobbies and using my hands and crafts and and all that stuff. So it's just you know that's that's how it went. <laughs> Uh, I noticed you also referred to the brewing being therapeutic and stuff as you tried to kind of get back into civilian-type life afterwards. How important was it to uh, not even necessarily brewing but find something like that to yeah. help with I mean, any kind of adjustment? It's huge, right? Like you got a you know idle hands type of thing. So you come back, you're trying to adjust and do those type of things. So you want to make sure you're you're staying occupied in a, in a positive kind of focused way versus you know staying occupied in, in kind of a negative way. So latching on to hobbies and different things like that were extremely, extremely important. 
Yeah, I can, I can only imagine. Like I said, I haven't been in that situation. So when did you guys start thinking about opening your own place? Go ahead. <laughs> as soon as it left his mouth. <laughs> now I'm super curious in this setup you had in your basement. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And what this looked like. Kind of. It was, uh, it was sweet. Smaller version of this. Like everything was stainless, clean. You know, it was, it was, you know, when I walked in there first day, I was like, holy cow. <laughs> I've done some homebrewing, but this, you know, I mean, I felt like we were already like ready to go and started selling beers at that point. You know, wow. like, we're, like it was, it was intense, but yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, we were brewing down there. We, I mean, we were brewing a lot. We were brewing every weekend, you know, on Fridays. And then next thing you know, it's like, let's take this up a notch. You know, let's, let's see, we make good beer. Why not go out and sell it? So we started looking into it and like guys said, we needed a commercial location. So that was kind of step one to start to kind of you know, get the items in place in order to get the, the microbrewery license. And, you know, I remember when I was, we were working out at his house and the real estate agent called and said, oh, we got this place in Gilliland Park Plaza. And we're kind of like, eh, I don't know, it's a little out of the way. And then he said the price and we go, yeah, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> we came in here and looked at it and we're like, eh, it's not going to be that bad. And it was a rough seven or eight months of fit up. But, you know, we got through it and almost there we got a week to go yeah. i mean how were you guys familiar at all with like construction or anything when you clearly emptied this place out and tore down all kinds of stuff yeah so my other company is actually a furniture manufacturer oh that's right yeah i saw that too. so you know and through renovating and gutting my own homes and all that stuff like you know acquired a pretty decent skill set over over the years and then obviously through my other company and that background being able to get trades in and electricians and the things that we need in order to get it done. So from a logistical and just project management standpoint, it, it, it melded very well. And I think, you know, that's where we're extremely lucky because a lot of people don't have necessarily that skill set or that ability to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a barrier to entry for a lot of people because, you know, we were able to save a pretty substantial amount of money by doing a lot of the work ourselves. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And, you know, and, and for somebody else that doesn't necessarily have that skill set or the ability to do that, like I could see that being something that kind of, you know, stifens the, the dream or doesn't allow the dream to actually take flight. You know, so it's we're, we're very lucky. And that's, you know, that's what's cool about having five of us, because with five of us, I guarantee you one of us has experienced it. Before. I'll give you a fifth glass. I <laughs> yes. forgot there was five. <laughs> I brought some pint glasses. Brand spanking new yeah. with the new logo. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's super cool. But, you know, the other funny thing, too, is, you know, this happened during the middle of COVID. And, and that's, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. So, you obviously, you want to open a business, but now there's this pandemic going on. Like, how yep. did your plans change? I mean, you know, I, I will tell you, like, COVID, you know, COVID, this this place exists because of COVID. Oh, wow. And, and you know, it's, it's very interesting. And, obviously, there's plenty of negative, and we hear the negative on the media. And, like, you know, obviously, there's there's super sad things and bad things that have happened because of it. But at the same time, like, you know, it's also allowed this to occur and not that we would want a pandemic for this to occur, but it, it, it allowed everything to slow down a second for us to actually even take a look at something like this and do it. So, you know, even though it's been a pretty rough year, a little over a year now, I mean, there, there are some positive things that are going to come from it. Awesome. Why don't you tell me about this third beer we have? Sure. <laughs> so this is Endo, which is <laughs> honestly like probably our our number one IPA at the moment. So we have we have three IPAs that we're doing. This is a seven and a half percent 
has some bittering hops. Smells nice. That's yeah. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and we call it Endo because one of uh, one of our partner's sons actually flipped over his handlebars and, and broke his arm. Ooh. So an Endo is, you know, like a front wheelie on a bike. So in, in honor of his broken arm this year, we've uh, we've tagged it. We've named it Endo. Uh, that's a ball and get a beer. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, is that all it takes? Yes. That's all it takes, I've, I've been trying to convince people to name a beer Slap and Tickle. <laughs> Uh, you know, slaps you, know you slaps you, slaps you in the face with the taste, tickles your throat on the way down. No one's taking me up on that offer yet. Come to the bar, order a nice slap and tickle. Yeah. Enjoy it, then head on. That's what leads to the tattoo. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so this one's cool. It's kind of like an accumulation of all of our experiments and things like that that we've done with IPAs and, and getting them up and running. So we're, we're, we're very happy with this one. Uh, you remember the first beer you brewed? Oh, gosh. 15 years ago. Now. I can't I tell know. if he's choking or because he laughed. <laughs> he's laughing. I want to say, I think it was either a brown or an amber ale. Something super simple. Yeah. I think I was like really into Spitz. Yeah. Spitz first. Yes. You could only get it in like Growlers for a while out of like Oliver's or Westmere. You all right there? Yeah, I'm good, man. <laughs> oh, I love that beer, so I, I think my first was probably Red Ale. Yeah. I love Newcastle, so mine was probably a brown. Yeah. And we're talking extract brewing, so like, yeah, you know, half half of the equation is taken care of for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's one of your favorite things in the tap room? I'm curious because this is a pretty awesome setup, and like I said, reading about the article, you have it set up so people. It sounds like it's going to be a real beer nerd paradise. Yeah, I, you know, and not just for beer nerds, but the casual drinker can come in and just clearly see all the tanks. You're talked about having the stats and stuff up yeah. on the screen so tell me what's behind kind of wanting to teach as well as brew yeah so i'll say my you know my my aspect of it is is obviously being a brewer and loving to brew beer and just a beer fan and stuff there's plenty of places out there where you can go outside and see beautiful scenery and do all those type of things we wanted to do something where you know again it doesn't matter if you're just getting into the craft beer scene or if you're you know crazy hobbyists you want to come in and geek out on the stuff hopefully you come in here and you learn something about beer like you walk out learning something about beer and just having a good time and good experience and that's you know that's what we wanted to have when we thought of a tap room and, and a brewery and those type of things nice did uh did i read you're also going to bring in your homebrew equipment to help well or we something were, like that we were going to we had the homebrew equipment here uh, as reality has kind of kicked in a little bit and understanding the actual timelines that it takes to <laughs> brew and do those type of things. You know, we were going to use that as kind of like a pilot system, but it's only a half barrel system. So we had a double brew in order to get it into our one BBL fermenters. Uh-huh. And uh, by chance, somebody came in and gave us an offer on it that we couldn't refuse. So <laughs> that, did, that didn't take God long. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted it out the door. Was, so, just, so it's out the door. I mean, I was going to comment that's going to be cool for people to see where it started and where it's gone to. But I guess that's no longer a valid comment. Yeah. It was cool for like 10 days. We can, yeah. tell, we can tell you the story. Yeah. We'll show photos of it. There you but go. You know, like, and honestly, like we don't have a ton of space. You know, we're not we're not small by any means, but you've got cans, and you've got kegs, and you've got CIP cards and canning machines and grain and all that stuff. Like, so we, we need to have we need to be able to have a, a decent amount of space to put things. And that was just going to sit there and be a relic, and we didn't need it. <laughs> That's, yeah. Tell me about this. I love that this wall pretty much look, looks like it's entirely a chalkboard or you can at least write on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. you got some awesome diagrams up as well. 
Yeah, so it's it's got a few things. Number one, when we were gutting the place and renovating and kind of going through our, our plan on what we were going to do, this was just a huge 50-foot wall that we were scratching our heads wondering, what the heck are we going to do with this 50-foot long <laughs> wall here? So I love wainscoting. Wainscoting is a great way of uh, breaking up the space a little bit. And then we talked about doing a mural or something like that and just kind of going through. And ultimately, what the wall solidifies or is, is symbolizing is the two different aspects of craft beer brewing. So you've got the artistic kind of craftsmanship aspect of it, and that's where the mural comes in and the hops and the ingredients that goes into it. And then we have our engineering drawings, which are basically the matter-of-fact engineering, scientific, chemistry aspect of brewing that, are, that there is also. So you can be creative and artistic with it, but at the same time, you know, 152 to 154 degrees, extract sugar out of mash, and that's how you create beer. You're not going to, you know, you can't be artistic and bump it up to 210 degrees and hope that you're going to get sugar out of it. Like, that's just not going to happen. So there are some very matter-of-fact aspects of it and some very kind of creative artistic sides, too. Nice. So what's going on with this last beer here? So this is our double IPA, uh, 9% double IPA. Um, and we wanted to do something, so we think people kind of get a little too crazy with hop patterns and things like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And everybody, you know, it's like they throw every hop but the kitchen sink into their into their beers. So one of the things we want to do is take a step back, and we did this. is just uh, all post-boil uh, Whirlpool and That's dry real. hop, just citra hops. That's real nice. Yeah. You like that? <laughs> I do. Yeah. That's good. And sometimes less is more, right? So, like, that's what we're trying to do. And, and a part of, like, Yeah, you there's know, nothing overpowering there. But exactly, it's, yeah. And now you know what citra hops taste like. Right. Who would have thought, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but like you said, it's kind of a rare thing that people can actually establish a baseline of, like, what a hop profile is in, like, a 9% beer. You know what I mean? It's like, how often do you come across that? So yep. it's like, here it is. Yeah, know, and, like, I mean, I've always enjoyed citrus, so citrus hop-based beers automatically catch my attention. Yeah. Uh, I've never thought I've had the palate to really distinguish between different types of hops. That's why I don't review. That's why, yeah, <laughs> that's why right. I let, like, brewers and bar people talk <laughs> about the beer while I just sit there and sip. Like, I like this. This is good. I'll well, take more. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, I like, uh, in fact, I don't know how many, how long have you guys been back in Gilderland then? Or in the local area, just living so I've been here, well, I've worked here. My company has been here for about a decade. Okay. So I, I've been over here for the last decade, um, but I moved here about four years ago. Oh, all right. Yeah. I, got, I got to the area in 05. Oh, all right. Yep. Yeah, I, was, uh, I went to school at the University of Albany. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was academically terminated from there. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> that's a tough one to do. <laughs> it is. Not, you say that, but not really. Yeah. And I said, but and it's funny. And now you're working on nukes. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm now I'm contracted by the Navy to help them learn how to operate submarines. There you go. Sure, baby. guy's got a good joke about the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not touching. Probably, he probably has better Marine jokes. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't have. Oh, that's right. Were both of you in the Marines, or was it Marines and Army? Oh, Army. Oh, yeah. My brother was Air yeah, Force. Now. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, my brother was Air Force. I technically work for the Navy. My friend is a uh, one of my best friends. Uh, was in the Army, so when the Navy Army game rolls around every year, sure. and he'll post about it, I go, I just chime in and go Navy. And <laughs> just because you can, just because I can. <laughs> yeah. Like I have to support them just by they sign my paycheck. There you go. If it wasn't for them, I don't get paid. There you go. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> but. I was going to ask, like, what, what are some of your other favorite local places around here then? 
because, and it's funny, I popped into Frog Alley in Schenectady because they just came out with the Triple Skull Frog IPA. And uh, I'm a big fan of their Double Skull Frog. Uh, I wanted to try the Triple, and I don't drink a lot of triples because I know how boozy they can get. <laughs> yeah. And it's super nice and smooth. Like, it doesn't have that booze. Yeah. It's a nice blend. But, uh, I mean, are there other favorite beers that you guys have come across in the area? Yes. I'd say Fidens. Like, we love Fidens. Yep. I was actually got some this morning. First time in months. Like, the guys live in our neighborhood. Like, Do they really? Like, I coached one of the guys' sons last year in baseball, a little league. So, like, yeah, they're, you know, neighborhood guys that, you know, are obviously, like, killing it right now. It's absolutely not. Do they have uh, just the way the demand for their beer has blown up is mind-boggling. It's unbelievable. It really is. And to think it's in the warehouse district in South Carolina, just on the central half there, it's, it's yeah. wild. I've only gotten there twice. Uh, once before they kind of shut down or at least went to the one day a week that they're open, and I got a bunch of crawlers. And then I saw a post this morning as I was out and about that they still had beer <laughs> beer left at like 9 o'clock. Which like, is unbelievable. Or quarter of nine. sold out. Yeah, because now they're usually sold out because they're only open one day a week now. Well, they got people like, camping out, like, you know. Yeah, that. people are posting pictures in their <laughs> camper in the parking lot the night before. It's I'm like, wild. holy shit. It's absolutely wild. So, yeah, and I was just thinking, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, No Hype Beer Reviews uh, on social media. He goes, he reviews a bunch of beers, local and whatnot. His name's Kyle. I've gotten to know him. We were doing, like, a virtual happy hour last night. Oh, we were talking about beers. I'm like, I've given up on getting fightings at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not getting there at four in the morning. But then I saw that post. I'm like, son of a bitch. So I went over there, only five cars there, and I actually got some. So wow. Super thrilled. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, the Warbler is another one that comes to mind. Oh, Warbler's man. great. I was just. He does a great job. Do I, and I want to go and check them out because their Pilsner is one of my favorite Pilsners yeah, I've ever had. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. that's on my list of. I've been meaning to shoot them a message and see if. Uh, yeah. I'd say Warbler is probably underrated right now. Like, it needs to get on people's radar. Well, they haven't even been open that long, Shout right? Out to Less Warbler. than a year? Yeah. No, he hasn't. I mean, he opened up literally in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Like, during the absolute worst time. Like, got his license, everything, and opened up. And he's just been one of those ones where, like, he kind of, like, got it at the absolute worst time. But, I mean, he has probably – he has some of the best beer in the area for sure. Yeah, I definitely that's – my, that's my next trip is to get out to Del Mar. Yeah. I live in Niskayuna, so that's a little bit of a drive. But I've been drinking a lot of Unified Beer Works lately. Yep. Uh, yep. I hit them up every time I'm up in Malta. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do mountain biking up there, so we it's like our routine. We ride the trails and then hit the brewery. Nice. See, I've been yeah, I've got my bike and I haven't used it in a while. I've been meaning to try to get more into it. Gotta that. do it, man. What is it? I nice. think they're big bikers too, the owners. Yeah. Are big in big cool. into mountain biking. Yeah. But them and common routes are like two generally two of my go to's if I'm at a beverage center. Yeah. Or uh, actually their stuff just started popping up at a local one in Schenectady. So that was thrilling. Oh nice. Yeah. No, this one's a little out there, but Beer A couple episodes learned how to actually use my equipment properly so that it records two separate tracks. Nice. <laughs> so I won't have to edit mine, but I can adjust volume on the other one without affecting mine because that's what was really screwing me up when it came to editing. Yep. And I got tired of editing. Like, yeah. I love doing this, and then I sit down to edit. I'm like, takes uh, all the joy out of it. I'm huh? Like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like this is going on a lot. Like I. 
This is going on longer than it should. <laughs> but our, our photographer, she does the same thing. She comes over, she takes photos, she has unbelievable photos for us. Jesse Jesse films photography. She's unbelievable what she talks about editing all the time. She's like Oh yeah. Like my I love being here drinking beer and talking to people. I didn't think about the time I was gonna have to spend editing these things afterwards. To make it listenable, yeah. Yeah. They're just and it's really just me balancing sound levels, taking out ums and just shortening up any space. That's so funny. And I'm still like, son of a bitch. There's every once in a while I get tired and just say F it and post the episode. It's not like anyone comments. <laughs> right, right. Spielberg's not listening, right? No. It's like the millions of people out there aren't gonna notice. <laughs> I didn't cut out this um. <laughs> so what's in store for the grand opening next week? Yeah, so grand opening is gonna be great. We had so we put out it's been it's been pretty unbelievable. So we put out the Facebook invite uh, April seventeenth, once we got our license, figured out okay. License, we can start brewing. Here's when we'll start having beer ready to go. Uh, and we chucked 17th out there as our date. Put the event out on Facebook, and about 700 people responded. Holy cow. And, yeah, exactly. Two days. Yeah, so yeah, it was 48 hours. Within, like 48 hours. People love craft breweries. And yeah. They love craft breweries. And like we had, honestly, didn't anticipate that by any means, right? We knew we'd have some COVID restrictions and stuff like that that we had to deal with. But it, literally, like, we had the same reaction. Holy cow, what are we going to do? So... We bounce back and forth. Obviously, we can't have 700 people show up or even half of that show up all at once, right? Because we're, the day we open, the day we're going to close, we're going to get shut down. So we were going back and One forth. hell of a party. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> a year-long party. But uh, we actually had a few people come in and they're like, hey, are you guys going to do pre-ticket sales? You know, those type of things. And we're like, you know, it's not a, not a bad idea. And, and I'll say it. None of us want to do pre-ticket sales and kind of like be that company or be, or be those people, right? Yeah. But at the same time, we had to figure it out, figure out what we'd be able to do with COVID and all that stuff. So we ended up creating three time blocks. And to make sure people who got a ticket are actually going to show up, we you know charged 20 bucks for a ticket. So you got a little bit of skin in the game. And that $20, $20 for that ticket gets you two beers when you get here. So nice. to try to help, you know, kind of counterbalance the, the payment, we uh, we did that. But it's going to be it's going to be a blast. So we've got we've got three time frames that go through. Everybody's going to come in. We've got three incredible food trucks that are coming. Uh, Say Cheese, which is a, a local Gilderland guy that does grilled cheese sandwiches nope. and different sandwiches and tater tots and all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. All kinds of tater tots. Yeah. We've got uh, Bull and Basil who's coming that does the fire brick oven pizzas that are just out of this world. And uh, last but not least, we've got uh, Buena Comido, which is the um, taco guy in our area, Gilderland taco guy. Tots, pizza, and tacos. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a wrap. <laughs> Great <laughs> effing day. Yeah. yeah. Pizza, tots, tacos, beer. It's over. <laughs> Spend the next day yeah. at home on the couch and in the bathroom. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's, we do that anyways. <laughs> right. Welcome to our world. Yeah. But I mean, literally, and the ticket sold out in about eight days. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. And the pressure is on. We're. We're going to try to step up to the plate and, and, and make some moves and make things happen. And, you know, originally we were like three to four beers. We were thinking we'd get on because obviously we want to get open. We've been putting a lot of money out for a really long time. It'll be nice to get some of that back in the doors. But literally worked our butts off for about three weeks now. We've got six offerings for everybody on the grand opening and, and hopefully we've got we've got enough beer to, to get out there to everybody <laughs> yeah. we're, we're really trying to not take the support for granted yeah and try to give some people some value for what they're giving back to us you yeah. know we've got a recording artist coming out from nashville he's going to be here all day oh wow really yeah right. yeah it's it's going to be great and it's it's basically we're going to do everything you could possibly do in an organized fashion 
at this period in time. You know what I mean? It's like there hasn't been a whole lot of live events, activities for the past, you know, what, at least a year. We're trying to kick that off. You know, we're trying to bring some momentum, some enthusiasm, some optimism, you know, to our friends and neighbors and all yeah. the people that supported us. I, uh, I lose track of what the rules are because I don't run a business myself, but how many people are you allowed or percentage-wise is it at the moment? Is so it- we have uh, just under 100. We're 99 is our total capacity we're allowed to have in the tap room. Okay. Right now it's 75% of that. Okay. Um, but then we've got two, two 20 by 40 tents going outside. Oh, all so right. So we'll have seating for about 50 people inside and about 100 people outside. Nice. So, yeah, everybody's got to be sitting. We'll, you know, we'll follow all the rules. We're going to have people checking, making sure people are wearing their masks. We're going to have people... Checking temperatures as people are coming in and showing, you know, proof of tickets. Um, and outside of the actual event, the other thing is we're going to have, if you're not comfortable showing up yet or being in a crowd and those type of things, or you just weren't able to get a ticket, we're going to have to-go cans for everybody. You can come in, get to-go cans, and, and get your butt back out and, and do what you need to do that day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I'm going to do my best to make sure I have this posted the Friday before. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. That would be great. <laughs> I'm off that Friday, so nice. hopefully I can get that done. <laughs> but I, how many taps do you guys have or will have eventually? We have six right now. Uh, we have eight available. And then, you know, we'll, we'll probably have a few. One of the other, you know, with, with the mixed breed, one of the things that we really like to do, which is funny enough, is we like to mix beers. So although we won't have like, you know, necessarily dedicated to a tap, mm-hmm. mixing our cream ale and our stout together is unbelievable. Really? Beer. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. It's like super good. And then we take, you know, we're talking about the cream ale and doing like some funny things or funky things with it. Uh, we do like a half shot of nitro cold brew coffee into the cream ale and do Ooh, a nitro sounds, cold brew cream ale. Yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah. Treats. So we'll probably, yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll have like eight on tap, but you know, whatever the iterations are of that and, you know, going off of that. So we'll have, we'll have a decent amount for everybody to try. Nice. Is there anything in particular you guys are looking forward to brewing that you haven't done yet? These guys are the inspiration. I just brew. I really want to do a black lager. A black lager. <laughs> yes. Those aren't that common either. Exactly. I want to, I feel like I've seen one, at least within the last six months to a year someone really? post about one okay but i don't think i think that's that's all i can recall yeah i mean nobody's doing it locally um it's just something i can't find and you know i'd like to do one eventually it's funny i'm uh i'm gonna go out to my girlfriend and i are gonna go out to middleburg next week and go to green wolf brewing mm-hmm. i don't know if you're familiar with them he actually yeah he stopped by the other day caleb or justin uh, the older gentleman, Justin. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, owner and brewer, Caleb's the, I did a podcast out there with both of them. Caleb's, oh, cool. Caleb's the bar manager. Yeah. What I loved about that place is they don't pretty much don't do IPAs. They're, they really, when I, last time I talked to them, they're going to work on like one house IPA. Mm-hmm. So when people say they want to go get some beers, but they're not into IPAs, I always recommend Green Wolf. Yeah. A little bit, I mean, a little bit of a drive from here because yeah. they have an awesome variety. If you're looking for stuff, that's not IPAs. Right. Yeah. We right, got to right. make our way out there. That'd be nice. But, uh, Black lager, that is not, like I said, not, <laughs> and cream ale, again, are not things <laughs> you come across. You know, it's funny, too, because, like, I talked to my brothers who are both still out in Portland and stuff, and, you know, they've seen everything at this point, you know, and uh, they were telling me, like, they just had a nitro cream ale for the first time. I'm like, dude, we have thousands of pints of cream ale, right? and we have a, a tank of nitrous. I'm like, I got you, man. He's like, you guys got to do it. It's amazing. I'm like, okay, we can do it. Yeah. I want nitro cream ale. I want nitro snow. Like, I think in the tap room, if we had a nitro offering, you know, we don't see that in a lot of breweries. Yeah. Yeah. No. You know, you get your Guinness on nitro somewhere. Yep. Like, left-handed.
there's a lot of nitro beers. Yeah, that's um, the name I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we just have something on tap where you can come in, sit down, and get a nitro cream, nitro stout. You know, a little, a little differentiator, a little something you can sit down and drink and give the people a little something different. Nice. I, mean, I always like nitro beer. I think it. I I don't think beer. I don't think I've really had any. Maybe one. Yeah. A milk stout, which is uh, yeah, yeah, generally the common one, right? Yeah, probably. One thing I got to ask you in particular: Are you a hockey fan at all? Do you watch hockey? No, don't because you look like a New York. (laughs) I feel like I messed up the segment. (laughs) No, 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 because you look like a New York Rangers player named Chris Kreider. (laughs) Oh, is that right? Yes. What screaming? I know. No, I'm a big Rangers fan, and that's why I asked. I'm under yeah. six foot four. <laughs> no, you, you just have a resemblance. You <laughs> remind me of a Middle East skateboarder, to be fair. <laughs> yes. That's, that's basically what I am. Nice. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have anything for you, sorry. <laughs> I mean, what kind of, I mean, obviously you work full time and now you're doing this. I mean, do you have something to root? hobbies to help relieve the stress that's not brewing beer or general work no or is this we all have kids man. kids yeah oh yeah like, so you don't sleep <laughs> yes. essentially yeah we don't sleep a lot of a lot of us are involved in the coaching of the children and you know we're baseball soccer basketball yeah. golf so i mean that's like when we we're talking about covid kind of presenting an opportunity for us i mean we all still had to go to our jobs every day so that was the, the free time came from no youth sports with no oh, youth wow. sports yep. the amount of time we had on our, on our plates was like ridiculous because i mean i was at the fields this was field cleanup day I was over there for, you know three and a half hours raking sodding you know and then we have a game tomorrow and like so it's all picking up so you know you just youth sports side of things interesting Ad- admittedly well. admittedly my life didn't change much they tried having me uh the group i'm in work from home but we can't bring work home so it was a lot of training or self-improvement classes, things like that. And then I'm trying to go into the office for 20 hours and cram 40 hours worth of stuff into right, those 20 right. instead until they eventually just let our whole group back in. And, I mean, fortunately, we're structured in a way that, you know, there's walls, there's separation, we, were, we wear masks. So, honestly, my life didn't really change that much. Yeah. I don't have kids, but, I mean, what was it like for you guys? It was, you know, it was wild because, you know, the kids are home. There's no summer camps. I'm working from home, you know. Still really busy. I mean, I'm in the financial markets and investments, and you know, investments were obviously all over the place from the pandemic, and you know, it's it's an ebb and flow business, and it was definitely flowing for the last year. And then you got kids at home, and they're you know running in and out of the house, jumping in and out of pool. You got friends running in from the neighborhood. I mean, the biggest thing was I saved myself you know 40 minute commute each way, you know, driving downtown Albany and walking the building. So. And I didn't have to shower or shave as much. (laughs) One thing that I've really enjoyed is watching people screw up with the Zoom video conferences when something has popped up that they didn't think others could see. (laughs) I mean, all that stuff has just been... Yeah, it's been unbelievable. Like the guy, the attorney, obviously, who couldn't get the cat. The catfish? Oh, that was (laughs) fantastic. He was using his assistant's or daughter's (laughs) Zoom profile or something. It's like, look, I'm not a cat. I'm really here. (laughs) It's, uh, it's definitely uh, a year, for the, or this last year, it was definitely one to remember. I mean, yeah. it was wild. We're getting back to normal, though. You know, Matt mentioned the youth sports, so, like, literally a stone's throw away, if you walk about 100 yards in that direction, you're going to hit the, the Little League fields that all of our kids play ball at. Oh, you yeah. Know, Matt and the two other co-owners that aren't here today all coach, you know, baseball there, you know, they're going to be there pretty much every day now, you know, until, <laughs> through the winter. Uh, 
But uh, yeah, so I mean, that's just we, we've got a baseball team. It's, we've got a mixed grade baseball team. We sponsor a field. It's uh, it's cool, man. We got kids running. Our kids have been here almost as much as we have, <laughs> you know, throughout this whole you know setup process. And uh, we got them a little clubhouse next door. There used to be a yoga studio next door. Now it's grain storage and kids yep. clubhouse. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, you, it's own, really, do you guys own most of this plaza. Then yeah. we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> Let's <laughs> yeah. just take the building yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> so we, oh. we found creative ways to kind of make it happen. Nice. Because uh, everyone is real. I mean, all of my wife's have full time jobs too. So it's, yes. Yeah. You know, yep. I mean, everyone's very busy all the time, but, you know, you know they're all we just make the best of it. And, you know, they were, it all, and we're, they were all here last night putting labels on cans. Uh, Teamwork. Yeah. We had like a can labeling party. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Shout out to the wives. There you go. <laughs> So I think that's uh, that's a wrap on this episode, gentlemen. I cool, think man. it was another my nice. first live episode or in-person episode since November. I think it was a great success. <laughs> this was fun, man. Yeah, awesome. thank you. So big thank you, Guy, Josh, Matt. You got it. All right. Matt Mead. <laughs> yes. He's one to remember. Yes. The superhero. <laughs> the hockey player, the superhero, and the middle-aged kid. Yeah, there we go. That's, I'll make sure to put that in the description. I went to Mixed Brew Brewing, gonna be our next chatted with the middle-aged skateboarder, hockey player, I think, and I think superhero. We, I think we just came out with our next can label. There you go. <laughs> Sounds good, man. I appreciate you guys taking the time to hang out, have some drinks, tell me about the beers and everything you guys have going on. Certainly best of luck to you guys with your grand opening and going forward. Uh, people out there can check out Mixed Breed Brewing on all the social medias. Anything in particular you guys want to throw out there for the millions of people that are going to hear yeah. this? <laughs> no, just thank you for the support thus far. We uh, hope to be able to meet everybody's expectations, exceed them, and, uh, and come out with some pretty cool stuff. Great, like I said, I got the VIP treatment. I'm here before anybody else, so <laughs> I can justify that these beers are delicious. That's all, that's all, the, that's all people listening need to know. Yes. <laughs> All right, you'll find stories from a bar on all major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Podbeam, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, YouTube, anywhere else that you probably listen to podcasts. If not, let me know, and I can certainly find a way to take care of that. So be sure to subscribe. Even more importantly, leave fantastic reviews and share the hell out of it, people. So until next time, cheers. Cheers.